Eight o'clock. Jim and Kate today from the Bozart Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It's Friday. It's Apache Friday. As we celebrate the start of the weekend. Your predictions on Broncos, Lions. I, th- I think the Broncos win tomorrow. Your prediction on how the Broncos finish over the final four games. I'm just going to drink the Kool-Aid. I'm just going to hop in the swimming pool full of Kool-Aid. They were on the table. Fair enough. That's just my feeling. Now, when we do picks at 920 this morning, are you going to feel the same way? Yes, absolutely. All right. I'm like, I'm, I'm saying it now. If I said it last hour, and I'm saying it now, I'll, I'll go with both. X Factor for the Broncos tomorrow. Can Mike McGlinchey slow down Aiden Hutchinson? It's going to be tough. Did a nice job against Khalil Mack last week. They did a nice job against Miles Garrett a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so that that bodes well. We'll, we'll dive more into that in just a moment. So uh, text or call us today. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. Got a lock of the weekend, whatever the case may be. You can send it to us. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. Got a uh, text from Die Hard this morning. Let's see. George McInnes didn't work out all that well with the Nuggets, but he was the key piece in the trade that brought Alex Singlish. That's right. He did go. Was it to Milwaukee? In that deal? No, it wasn't to Milwaukee. It was back to Indiana. I remember exactly how that worked with Alex English coming to Denver, but that's, I believe that was, I think Die Hard is correct on that. Yeah, he was with, um, he was with the Pacers at that time. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Because that's where he, he finished up. And then I think, I don't think Guinness ever played for the Pacers after that. Um, let's see. McInnes. Out of the league by 82. So he did He did finish up playing with Indiana. He went back there. And so English went to the Nuggets for McInnes. And he did have an all-star season in 78-79. But McInnes was certainly not the, the player that he once was. So that's right. He started out, uh, Alex English did, with the Bucks, and then went to the Pacers. And then Diehard's right. And that was a hell of a deal. They, they get one of the all, their all-time great players in Alex English in that trade for George McInnes. Let's see, you got a text from RJ in Delta. It's an image text. He's got his uh, Giants, little Giants image today. He also uh, sent us an image of Tommy DeVito with his agent. Congratulations to his agent going into the Italian-American Hall of Fame tonight in Chicago. I love, too, the image. The- picture he sent with the Giants logo and then the little Italian hand emoji. Hey, like, hey Tommy DeVito's agent. There's Mr. Stilato. Is, uh, a table for Mr. Stilato. He also said... Where's the gabagool? Where's the gabagool? Come. Let's see. Uh, RJ also sent a text yesterday. We were talking about uh, Dennis Weaver because we said Mark Johnson looked like McLeod, ah, yes. the character Dennis Weaver from the TV show when Mark was in New York. Had the cowboy hat on, the jacket and everything. Uh, Jim, back in 1998, I started, I shared a puddle jumper from Denver to Montrose, and I sat next to Dennis Weaver. Uh, he extended an invitation for my family to come and visit him and his ranch in Ridgeway. My kids enjoyed seeing his llamas and horses. Real down-to-earth guy. Also met Dan Marino in Vail and Joe Sackick in Silverthorne right after the Stanley Cup. 
Were they both cool dudes too? I would think Joe Sackett could be good. Marino seems like a cool guy. They seem like good guys. But I can see Dennis Weaver being a pretty down-to-earth guy. I mean, he was hurting his own cattle right? through Ridgeway when I saw him that one time. Jim's picking the Lions. Of course you're picking the Lions, Jim. Of course you are. Well, if you want to get those picks in, make sure you go to the team1340.com. Powered by Kistner Motors, by the way. Get your picks in now uh, at the team1340.com. I think we're caught up on text this morning. Pile, it's slow. It's been slow today. But also, it's been slow here, too, so we don't blame you. I mean, come, I mean, come on. I mean, come on. You, you have no thoughts about this game tomorrow? Which team is in the most must-win situation tomorrow? Fully stealing this from NFL Network. Hey, you what, know, which bring, good morning football. Borrow, steal, and, and you know. Beg, steal, and borrow. Beg, steal, and borrow, yeah. I, I think it's the Steelers. I think they're in a bad spot. They're in a rough spot with... Trubisky not playing well. Their their schedule, as we looked at it earlier, it's it's okay. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to think where I had it, and I think I took it down. The uh, Steelers schedule. But I think they got the Ravens. They still have a divisional game on there, which does not help. Yeah, they they end up at the Ravens, so they have two divisional games left. They host the Bengals after tomorrow. The game at Indy. Then they go to Seattle, and then uh, on on New Year's Eve, and then they play the Ravens on January seventh. Not not looking good for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. For our friend Chris Britt, Nikki from the Middays over on Moose, not looking good for their Steeler football team. All right, it is eight oh six. Got some predictions, some thoughts. X factor for the Broncos tomorrow. Uh, that game against the Lions. Text or call us. Chick fil A breakfast team phone line nine seven zero. 242-1340. It's time for Around the NFL. The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's Around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. All right. Broncos and the Bengals. Broncos at the Lions tomorrow. I don't want Broncos and Bengals. Broncos at the Lions tomorrow and another another part of the feline family. And mentioned Aiden Hutchinson, who has vowed to get the, the Lion defense back on track. It's been... Not exactly great the last few weeks. Yeah. Aiden Hutchinson, it was added out one of the best offensive tackles in football. 76 total pressures. And he's just finished with a sack. He's has a sack. He's sacked six and a half, uh, picked up six and a half sacks this season on 76 pressures. So he's not getting to the quarterback a lot, but he's creating a lot of problems. Can Mike McGlinchey, because he tends to rush from the left side, the, the right tackle, can Mike McGlinchey handle Aiden Hutchinson? Uh, because he's played 581 of his 750 snaps off the, the left defensive side of the Detroit Lions. And Mike McGlinchey has acquitted himself. Well, did a nice job against Khalil Mack against the Chargers. NFL sack leader right now. As you mentioned, played well against Miles Garrett when the Broncos beat the, uh, the Cleveland Browns. And so... We'll, we'll see where, where this goes, but certainly slowing down Aiden Hutchinson is going to be key for the Broncos tomorrow in, in protecting Russell Wilson and also getting that, that ground game going as well. For Denver, uh, 24th in total offense. Uh, they're tied for 12th in rushing offense at 115 yards per game, 27th in passing offense. They're 13th in scoring offense. For Detroit, with uh, Jared Goff, they're third in overall offense, 390.3 yards per game. They're fifth in rushing offense, 
137.5 yards per game. They are very good uh, when it comes to the, the ground attack with Jameer Gibbs, along with David Montgomery and uh, Justin Simmons, Broncos safety, talking about got to stop that uh, Detroit rushing attack if they plan on winning tomorrow. They have a, a plethora of weapons, but uh, their run game is really explosive. And, um, you know, first things for us, if you, you know we can't find a way to generate ways to stop the run, um, you know, we're going to stand no chance in, in the pass game. Um, you know, once an offense is able to run the football, they kind of dictate uh, tempo and what they want to do. And so for us, man, we got to make sure that we commit to doing a good job of stopping the run and then obviously eliminating the explosives. I think they're a you know, top five offense in explosive plays. All right, so that's Justin Simmons, who could very well be paid pair, paired with DeLorean Turner Yell tomorrow because of the neck injury to P.J. Locke. And Locke was limited to practice yesterday. So that is mildly a good sign for the Broncos. The, the P.J. Locke did at least practice some yesterday. But it's a concern because when DeLorean Turner Yell's been in there, he hasn't played all that great. And uh, Kareem Jackson still, of course, going through his suspension. So the Broncos could be with uh, Turner Yell uh, in that back half of the secondary of Justin Simmons. And when you look at, at what the Lions have been able to do rushing the football, David Montgomery's had a great season, the former Chicago Bear, uh, 770 yards. And he's already scored 10 touchdowns this year. Jameer Gibbs, 692, six touchdowns. That's been impressive. And Jared Goff, been Okay, this year started out really strong. It's kind of cooled off a little bit. And Goff the season, 66.9% completion percentage, 3,449 yards. He's got 21 touchdowns, but he's thrown 10 interceptions. The crazy thing was is at the beginning of this year, he had like a streak going of consecutive passes without an interception that was like, that rivaled like, you know, Brady numbers. And like I said, now he's kind of, not just cooled off, but he's he's made more mistakes, turned the ball over more. So I have to wonder if maybe there's a confidence issue that he's going through right now that's kind of contributing to that. It'll be interesting to see. And and if Delarian Turner Yell doesn't play well and sort of sparks Jared Goff's confidence, that could be pro- that, that could be trouble. Well, also a guy that could be troubles Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, their leading receiver, 1,000 yards this season. He's got six touchdowns. Uh, I think Josh Reynolds on, on third down has been just at, at times a, a backbreaker. Uh, he's been a go-to guy for, for Jared Goff. He's been a, a really good player in key moments, but uh, St. Brown is the, is the guy that really stretches the field and can make some, some big plays. Uh, but Sam Laporta, the former Iowa tight end, is having a remarkable rookie season uh, so far for Laporta, 702 yards. He's got six touchdowns. We've talked about Denver historically has had their problems with tight ends, and Sam Laporta um, certainly will be a problem for the Broncos coming up tomorrow, uh, especially if P.J. Locke is not in there for Denver. But uh, for the Broncos, I, you know, the, the ability to turn the you know to force turnovers has been huge. Was uh, at 16 turnovers in the five-game winning streak, and of course forced some big turnovers last week. Most notably, the Baron Browning batted ball that Jonathan Cooper picked off that, that turned into a, a Broncos touchdown uh, for Denver last week. So for the Broncos, just you know, looking at uh, some of the other numbers for, for Denver heading into this game tomorrow, uh, flip it over to the defensive side. Denver's 13th in total defense. They've, um, or 30th, excuse me, wish they were 13th. 
30th in total defense. That shows how deep that hole is that they dug themselves with that that Miami game. Yeah. But uh, 30th in total defense, 32nd against the run. That is a a strength, obviously, for the Lions with the the fifth-best rushing offense in the league. And uh, Denver's 24th in pass defense. Scoring defense, they're tied for 23rd. For the Lions, 15th in total defense, 9th against the run. They're 19th against the pass. But they're 25th in scoring defense. Teams have scored some points on them, uh, 24.2 points per game. So, um, but once again, it gets back to Denver's got to win the turnover battle. Got to come up with those big sudden change plays, which we've seen over the course of uh, this run for the Broncos. So, Cody Rourke, our Broncos insider, Mile High Sports, and also Locked Up Broncos podcast, he had some thoughts as well about uh, the Broncos taking on the Lions tomorrow. Yeah, and they've been giving up over, close to 30 points per game over the course of the last four weeks. Their cornerbacks are struggling. The secondary isn't that great. Um, and then, obviously, Hutchinson is just a, an unbelievable motor. Denver's faced some pretty good pass rushers this year, and I've been pretty surprised for the most part at how they've been able to handle them. All right, so uh, Cody Rourke, our Broncos insider, with his thoughts about the the uh, Broncos taking on the Lions tomorrow. Once again, pregame at 4, kickoff right around 6.15 right here on the team sports network where we get your day started tomorrow though with the 10 30 matchup pregame for uh, that that vikings uh, matchup with cincinnati tomorrow uh that once again starts at 10 30 tomorrow morning with westwood one all right moving on to some uh, other nfl news last night thursday night football was absolutely ugly last night the las vegas raiders scoring the most points they have whether it's been in oakland la or las vegas Oof. 63 points last night. Aiden O'Connell had four touchdown passes. Uh, Zamir White had a touchdown run last night. They also, uh, Brandon Bolden had a, a touchdown. No Josh Jacobs last night. They had a halfback pass touchdown. They had a fat guy touchdown. Yeah, the they Jac- had a... The Jacoby Myers touchdown pass last night, yeah. And they had a uh, uh, you know pick six that still... I, literally, he just leapt in the air, caught it with one hand, and was like, oh, I got the ball now. Okay, see ya. <laughs> Fifteen yards later, he's in the end zone. I remember, so, I, you know, full disclosure, last night, I did not watch. I watched a little bit, and I didn't watch all of it. I went to the movies last night to see the new Wonka movie. It was actually very good. You liked it? Okay. It was okay. Um, but I got back in my car after it was done, and I had the game on the team on Westwood One, and I briefly, I, I heard the play where the Raiders forced a fumble and the big fella picked it up, scored for the touchdown, and I was like, yeah, fat guy, touchdown, let's go. And the West 1 crew was like, and that makes it 55-7. I'm like, wait, 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 what? And I was like waiting for the extra point because I'm like, there's no way he said 55. Maybe he said 35-7, which is still not great, or 25-7. And then extra points, good. 56 to 7, Raiders. I'm like, oh. Would you, would you like the fumble? Oh, my would God. You like the, would you like the fumble Please. call? Please. Here yes. we go. Fumble call. Here we go. Maybe. First down and 10 from the 46. Chargers get one more snap. Stick off play action. Checking, looking. Pressure comes and always oh, hit from the backside and pounded. The ball is out. Scooped up on the play by John Jenkins. Big man on the run. Rumbling all the way to the end zone for the touchdown. A 330-pound touchdown for the Las Vegas Raiders. And it's 55-7. Coots with the hit. 
and Jenkins with the rumble for six. Rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. Westwood one. John Jenkins, 44-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown. Matt there began the legend <laughs> one John Jenkins. Absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, last night, uh, Easton Stick, uh, rough game, couple fumbles. That one turned into a touchdown. Pick six turned into a touchdown. Big oh, I should, mention, should mention Devontae Adams, 101 yards in the touchdown. Trey Tucker had two touchdown catches last night. But uh, for Easton Stick, making his first start, 257, three touchdowns. The pick, two fumbles last night. Uh, the Joshua Palmer with a touchdown catch and uh, Quentin Johnston with a touchdown catch as well. After the game, Raiders interim head coach Antonio Pierce talking about the victory over the Chargers last night. We talked about just having short-term memory. You know, I'm going to reference what Devontae said last week. You know, we was on the wrong side of history. Well, we're on the right side now, and that's the way we want to be. But, you know, it's like anything. You know, turnovers, points, they always come in bunches. And for us, once guy, it became a frenzy, right? And you saw it on defense. You saw it on offense. Special teams jumped in it. And just look at the sideline. I think if you want to watch the game, if, you know, if you didn't see it, you could just hear it. You know, a lot of energy down there by those guys. Hats off to our team responding, you know, four days after what just happened here uh, previously. You know, where they lost three to nothing to the Vikings. So they went from three nothing to scoring 63 points last night. Wrap your mind around that for a moment. And they did it in the same place. Four days later. Unbelievable. Just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Raiders did have a chance to break the NFL record of 73 points in a game. But uh, didn't quite happen last night. Came up came up short by 10 with a, a 63-21 victory last night. So here's a, here's a question for you. Because, you know, he, we heard, you heard Coach Pierce talk about Excuse me. Talk about the difference between Sunday and Thursday, where you lose three nothing and then you win sixty three twenty one. Were the Raiders in this four day span that much more improved, or were the Chargers that much worse? Yes, <laughs> week to yes. week. Yes, on both. Yes. Because Raiders probably cleaned some things up last night. They're starting a young guy quarterback in Aiden O'Connell. Cleaned some things up. And it's a Chargers team that's just essentially laying down and dying right now. Which bears the question, Brandon Staley. Are you going to remain employed after this week? You, you would think that he's going to get fired. You would think that he'd get canned. And you think that might happen today, possibly. Some probably thought should have happened last night. Or is Dean Spanos going to stay with him through the season and evaluate what happens after the season comes to an end? Or do they do what the Broncos did last year? Two games left in the season, pull the plug on Nathaniel Hackett to get a jump start on finding the replacement for Brandon Staley. Right. But it's um, maybe he stays. Who knows? Weirder things have happened. I wouldn't think that he would stay. I would think that after what happened last year, the, the playoff <laughs> loss, how this year's gone. We, that, we that, recall, though, as as Buckeye Boy would be keen to point out, Hugh Jackson stayed after the Browns went 1-15. Yeah. So, and the next year, 
Oh, it's 16. <laughs> I mean, they had an epic loss to Jacksonville last year in the postseason. Game they should have won. Yeah. And uh, so this year it was it, it was it was a, a mandate to right the wrongs of last year. They have obviously have not done that, and now Justin Herbert's done for the season with the finger injury. You know, they're they're out of the playoffs, they're done. I'm not sure if you're Dean Spanos. What what's your motivation to keep Brandon Staley? He's got pictures of you on his hard drive. Perhaps so. <laughs> That's the motivation. Dean Spanos. They a, were from the Christmas party. A, a, with a goat and a chinchilla. In a compromising. In a very compromising very position. Consum, yeah, compromising situation. I don't know. It would take something like that, I, I would think. But, but who knows what Dean Spanos is going to do? Who knows? He, he's going to call his friend, uh, Mr. 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 Stiletto and... <laughs> Hey, uh, that uh, Tommy DeVito kid, be ashamed if something <laughs> whatever, happened to him. What everybody, now, now we're saying that everybody talks like that? I'm saying that, you know, we don't know that about every, the NFL's connection to the every, mafia. Every Italian-American talks like that? Come on, man. Come on. I don't think that's good. I don't think that's a good way to go. I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable with that. All right, 821. You can uh, text or call us. Got some thoughts about the Broncos. Prediction on uh, Broncos-Lions tomorrow. How do they finish up? with four games left in the season. Uh, one other thing I want to get to before we uh, grab the caller, that uh, interesting story about Ben DiNucci. It's a very Italian-American, Another... very Italian-American edition of the Jim Davis Show today. That uh, apparently Ben DiNucci had the opportunity to leave the Broncos and go on the active roster of the New Orleans Saints. That the Broncos elevated DiNucci from the practice squad before the, the game with the Texans. Though they didn't really need a, a healthy quarterback, and Danucci wound up being inactive, they did it because he was tied to an offer that he got earlier in the season. That uh, this is from Chris Thomason of the Denver Gazette, also from Pro Football Talk, that the Saints wanted to sign Danucci to their active roster, but he passed on the chance to stay in Denver, be on the practice squad because the Saints were only looking for someone until Jake Hayner returned from a suspension. And Danucci said, "I was a point in the season where another team tried to claim me." I didn't want to go. I didn't necessarily want to be jumping around during the middle of the season. For quarterbacks, it's tough. It's my first year at the Broncos. I want to be in the system and learn. I have a lot invested in this place. So signing with the Saints, by the way, would have guaranteed him three game checks on the active roster. Ooh. And he said the Broncos told me they'd make it up to me by the end of the year. And so by doing that, that's they're, they're going to be able to make up what he would have got from the Saints is, is it, by staying in Denver. So so you're telling me that they were going to make him an offer he couldn't refuse? Exactly. And Once on again, that note. to our, our Italian-American friends today, <laughs> I, I send my deepest apologies to you. <laughs> Who do we have on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line? Howard and Fruta. Good morning, Howard. How are you, sir? Good morning. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Khalil Mack done last night what he done against Denver. Total of two tackles, one solo tackle. Uh, showing him on the, showing him on TV in the Bronco game, he just kind of looked around, looked at the crowd, didn't seem to pay a whole lot of attention. I don't know about last night. Uh, I I I think that he is in a position where he's going to say, I want to go somewhere else. 
I really do. Now, I'm taking a look at San Diego's last three games. Or keep on. It's okay. It's LA. I'm sorry, okay. Jim. I'm an old AFLer. I just, it's, it's I just okay. don't it's like okay. it. It took, me, it took me a while to, to get through that, too. Don't worry about <laughs> it. It's all, right, it's all right, Howard. Their last three games, home against Buffalo, at Denver, home against Kansas City, and they are not going to win any of those. No, games. they're going to get, they're going to get uh, crushed. They're going to get uh, woodshedded in all three of those games. Yeah, yeah. Just quick comment on the Broncos, and then I'll let you go. I think they can take Detroit. I think it'll go overtime, twenty-seven, twenty-four. All right, Howard calling the shot today. Thank you, Howard. Appreciate it. Enjoy All right, the weekend. You guys have a great weekend. All right, Howard from Fruita today. All right, uh, eight twenty-four. And it is time for Where in the World is Tyler Franz? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Where the hell is he? Well, I can't find him. He's not hide forever. I will find you. Yes, it's your chance to win a case of Fat Tire today from New Belgium Brewery and High Country Beverage. By the way, uh, quick shout out to my buddy Alec. Got a job at the uh, New Belgium Brewery recently, working, I believe, in their PR communications. Oh, good for him. So anyway, your Mesa, chance... Mesa grad? Uh, yes. Okay. Actually. So anyway, uh, your chance to win Fat Tire today, New Belgium Brewery and our good friends at High Country Beverage. You must be over the age of 21. And if you have won within the last two weeks, you must sit it out. And also, if you don't want the prize, I mean, don't play. And we should mention this, too, the never-ending contest this month, because if you win today, you're qualified for that. Yes. You can win the round, brilliant, cut diamond stud earrings. Uh, total value almost uh, 6500 bucks from Mesa Jewelry. These the are the way. diamonds you give the wife for saying, I'm sorry, I've done <laughs> nothing but watch college and NFL football all season, and I'm but really, I still love you. But I love you, and here you go. Anyway. So, for your chance to win Fat Tire today, first correct text on the text line, 970-242-1340. 970-242-1340. Text in your answers. We go to this NBA arena that was marketed as state-of-the-art when it was first constructed. If by state-of-the-art you mean met bare minimum specifications set by the league, then sure. Now, the logic is sound. Don't build luxury boxes if you don't have a team to pay for the boxes. Just one problem. Why are you building a pro sports arena without a pro sports team moving in until five years after construction? And no, the Blazers, who occupied it from 02 to 09, don't count. Where in the world is Tyler Franson? All right, first correct answer. Once again, if you won the last two weeks, don't play the game. If you're not 21, don't play either. Send your answer, text only, Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. 970-242-1340. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 832. Jim and Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles, coming up next hour. Still have him on the schedule. Chris Marlowe, Altitude TV, will uh, join us at uh, 940. Talk about the Nuggets win last night. Nikola Jokic making some history last night. He becomes the first player ever to have 10 double-doubles in seven consecutive seasons, triple doubles, excuse me, in ten cons- in seven consecutive seasons. Ten triple doubles in seven consecutive seasons. Oscar Robertson had six straight, I believe, was the, the previous record. 
Uh, just an incredible accomplishment by uh, Nikola Jokic uh, to do it last night uh, in the Nuggets win over the Brooklyn Nets. We'll talk with Chris Marlowe coming up at uh, 940 this morning on the program. All right, uh, we go from uh, the Nuggets, the Hardwood Brethren of the Avalanche, to their icy brothers, the Avalanche. Of course, uh, coming off the win uh, the other night to uh, against the Buffalo Sabres, the return of Eric Johnson uh, to uh, Ball Arena after uh, being a, a key part of winning the Stanley Cup previously. So uh, the Athletic, they put out their latest NHL power rankings. Okay. So... I'm gonna let you start. I'm gonna I'm gonna just do the top ten. Okay. And we'll probably look at who's the worst. I think probably the Sharks will will be there. I haven't looked that far down the list. So where are the Avalanche, one through ten? Because you know they're they're gonna be in the top ten. Right. Uh, where do you think they are in the Athletic? This is their hockey writers, their power pole. Where do you think they have the Avalanche right now? They lead the Central Division. But they've had some not great losses to, like, the Flyers. I'm going to say... I'm going to say right at five. Okay. I'm not even close, am I? You've undervalued them. Oh! They are second. No kidding. Well, we'll start out with number 10. Number 10 is the Winnipeg Jets. We're challenging the Avalanche in the, the Central Division. They're having a very good season. Ninth is the Florida Panthers. Makes sense. Eighth is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Seventh is Vancouver right now. The Canucks. The Stars are sixth. Another rival for uh, the Avalanche in the Central. Rangers are fifth in this power pole. The Bruins are fourth. The LA Kings playing well right now. They're they're third. And then it's the Avalanche with the Vegas Golden Knights, the number one team. And I like to say yeah, their tracks. Yeah, they have their the naughty list. Guys that aren't <laughs> playing very well right now. Tomas Tatar is on the uh, the naughty list on this. That um, you know he he brought a record according to them of, of solid regular season point production, forty eight points for the Devils in 2022-2023, and five on five play. And so far, he's not been able to do either one of those things. And they talk about it in this Ryan Johansson, Jonathan Druin, as they call it, they're on the coal watch. Nice. But uh, they, they picked Tomas Tatar because he hasn't, he just really hasn't done anything yet. But for the Avalanche, you know, they with, with Landis Gog out, with Sam Gerrard out right now, that um, some of the guys that they've been able to, to bring up from the Eagles. The most minor league call-ups have been uh, been really really good for the Avalanche uh, as of late. So it's uh, for, for Colorado they they've needed to to lean on that uh, their minor league system a little bit. Of course, Terry Lekkinen is still out with the neck injury, and um, and so they've had to to lean on some of those players like uh, Caleb Jones, uh, Joel Carvanta, Caranta, excuse me, uh, who have come up and and been able to to, to really fill in and and. Uh, Pick up some some valuable ice time for the for the Avalanche uh, with all those injuries. Of course, the Avs uh, um, coming off that that one against Buffalo, a, a big uh, big victory, five to one, uh, the other night at Ball Arena. All right, eight thirty seven. Jim along with uh, Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. All right, do you have 
Do we have a winner today, by the way, for a Where in the World is Tyler Franson? Uh, no, we do okay. not. Let's go ahead and give it to him again. All right. So, again, we're looking for this NBA arena. First correct text on the text line, 970-242-1340. This NBA arena was marketed as state-of-the-art when it was first constructed. If by state-of-the-art you mean met bare minimum specifications as set by the league, then sure, yeah, state-of-the-art. The logic's sound. Don't build luxury boxes if you don't have a team to pay for the boxes. Just one problem. Why are you building a pro sports arena without a pro sports team moving in until five years after construction? And no, the Blazers who occupied it from 02 to 09 don't count. Here's your hint. Blazers is the CHL Blazers. That should give it away. The CHL Blazers, not not those Blazers. We've had guesses for Portland. That is incorrect. Different Blazers, different sport. Different sport altogether. All right, so there you go. First correct answer, once again, if you won the last two weeks, you can't play today to win a case of fat tire from New Belgium Brewery and I Country Beverage. Text only. Text in your answer right now to the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. All right, we will take a break, and on the other side, we'll get into four-down territory. That's on the way on the Jim Davis Show. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and a Happy Hanukkah. From the Grand Valley to Rifle, Delta to Montrose, this is the Jim Davis Show. Welcome back, 842, Jim and Cake today. We're getting to four down territory. A couple of uh, former Colorado Mesa Mavericks baseball players uh, sticking around to play for the Grand Junction Jackalopes. Uh, the Jackalopes announcing, announcing the signing of Conrad Villaforte and Matthew Turner. So, uh, of course, both played for the Mavericks. Conrad, 2019 to 2022. And likewise for, uh, well, actually, Matthew was there a little bit longer, 2018 to 2022. And uh, last season, Conrad, a great season, 422 for the Mavericks uh, last year. And so uh, we're hoping to possibly track down Conrad Villaforte and maybe have him on for a few minutes in the 9 o'clock hour. We're efforting to make that happen. But anyway, congratulations to both those guys. And always always good when you have local players uh, that are sticking around to play for the, the Jackalopes. And for, the, for Maverick fans, a chance to go over and watch the Jackalopes and see a couple of their uh, favorite Mavericks uh, from the last couple of seasons uh, start their professional career uh, here in Grand Junction. All right, 843. And it's time for Four Down Territory. We're into Four Down Territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, start things out with First Down. Last night, Amazon Prime, you had uh, Al Michaels, who won't be calling a playoff game for NBC, apparently, uh, on the call of Kirk Herbstreet last night as the, uh, the Raiders scored a franchise-best 63 points last night. Brandon Staley's known for defense. Well, well, uh, listen to Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet talk about uh, that pedigree, which uh, well didn't uh, took a big hit last night. One thing I know is is clear and obvious is this Chargers defense. Yeah, you know they allowed six points all year on just opening drives. That's the best in the NFL, and they're down fourteen to nothing with Easton Stick making his first career start with Max Crosby on the other side of the ball. Well, that defense, and that's uh, Brandon Staley's pedigree, 
He came from the Rams where he ran the defense under Sean McVay. They're 29th in yards allowed, 29th in passing, and they looked like it. Meanwhile, last week, 12 possessions, no points tonight, two possessions, 14. Yeah, there we go, yeah. And they look like it. That's <laughs> not inaccurate there, Al. Nope, that's not inaccurate at all. That from Amazon Prime last night. Also, something else related to the game last night. If you remember a former NFL offensive lineman, Joe Staley. Joe Staley played for the Niners for a long time. Going to X last night to remind people, that's not me coaching that team. It's not me. <laughs> it's not me. That's Brandon Staley. I'm not the one you want. That That's the other guy. That's just, him. Just a public service announcement. I'm not currently coaching the Chargers. I'm not associated with that mess. Please <laughs> stop asking for me to be fired. <laughs> fired from what? I'm not doing anything. That's not me. It's not me. I swear to God. All right. Third and fourth down. Uh, one more from last night's debacle. We did it again. We hit another score-agami. 63 21 that is a unique NFL score, the uh, 1,083rd unique score in NFL history. So another scoregami. Congratulations to all of us who follow that sort of nerdy stuff. Fourth down, I think you brought up yesterday Shoei Otani's dog and the mystery surrounding his dog's name. Yeah, because his people said, you don't need to know the dog's name. It's none of your business. Well, that narrative has changed. Because we learned from the man himself. What is your dog's name? So he technically has two names. His Japanese name is Dekopin, which translates to to flick someone's forehead. <laughs> what? But his American name, his American name is Decoy, which I actually think is a really kind of decoy. Cool name okay. for a dog. I like so, flick of the head myself, flick of the forehead myself. Like just a little, yeah, right there. So there you go, Shoei oh, Otani. Okay. And it is actually a very, very adorable dog. <laughs> it's just crazy. And it was a big deal. It's like, these people are like, you don't need to know his dog's name. I, I said it yesterday. I, the, I think the worry was that they were accidentally going to reveal like all his social media passwords. But, or what they're but afraid no. that they're going to go to his house and there's going to be like a Lady Gaga thing and so he's going to call the dog and the dog's going to come and they're going to kidnap the dog. I, okay, I, I wasn't going to go that I, dark, I, I but don't know. now that you I brought mean, it up. I don't know if that's the case. Listen, the man's getting paid at some point $700 million. He can probably afford a security guard to make sure that his dog doesn't get dog-napped. Hopefully. Think, I would think so, but then Lady Gaga, she had a person watching her dog and that... Guy got held up at gunpoint or whatever, and I don't know if it was gunpoint, but the, the dog got got dog napped. Remember that whole story? I vaguely recall. Wasn't it? Wasn't the like dog walker in on it though? I don't remember if that was the case. I don't. I know. I just remember the dog was being you know watched by the you know the the dog nanny, and the people took the dog, dog napped it, and then she finally got her dog back. All right, so there you go. Uh, do we have a winner yet, by the way, for War in the World is Tyler Francis? We do now. Okay. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Congratulations to Bronco Sarge, correctly answering the Paycom Center 
formerly known as the Ford Arena in Oklahoma City. Built in 2002 with no luxury boxes or anything of that sort because the locals were concerned about, well, we don't have a pro sports team in there who's going to foot the bill for that sort of thing to be able to pay for them. And I was reading then, I was going, so then why would you, what, why? <laughs> why would you build a pro sports arena if you're not going to have a pro sports team playing there? And so then, of course, in 2000 and what, 2007, Seattle Supersonics become the Oklahoma City Thunder, move into the Paycom Center or the Chesapeake Energy Center or the Ford Arena Center or whatever. It's got kind of like three different names. And, and now they're going to have a new one. And now they're going to have a new one. <laughs> and Seattle still doesn't have a team. $600 million. No. No. All right. So there you go. There's four down territory. So uh, I wanted to talk about this because we've talked about officiating the NFL and, and how it has not been great at times. And the, the, the even increased scrutiny of, of officiating because of, of legalized sports betting across the country. Right. Uh, I thought this was an interesting piece. Uh, Dean Blandino, of course, was the former VP of officiating for the NFL and who's a Fox Sports Rules analyst and, and he's also involved in the USFL, uh, which is a Fox product uh, before this whole merger thing happened with the XFL. Blandino was on a podcast talking about legalized gambling and the effect that it's had on on the job of officials. And actually, it's on Awful Announcing's podcast. And he talked about he, he couldn't say that it has impacted the, the job of officials. He did, though, point out that it has increased scrutiny. Blandino said that the NFL has strict protocols in place for officials, and even before they are hired, an NFL security representative goes door-to-door -door in their neighborhood to talk with their neighbors. NFL still does that, by the way. They look at all of your business associations. They look for conflicts of interest, all of that, bank accounts, everything. And there's checks during the season. And so they'll look at if a game official has $10 in the bank account on Friday and they work a game and now there's $100,000, probably a red flag. That's just suspicious anyway. So you're checking those things. You're monitoring the betting lines and looking at how calls impact those lines. And are there individual officials that are involved in more of those calls? It's a huge undertaking because... What the league doesn't want and what we never wanted was a situation like what happened with the NBA. Remember Tim Donahue? Yes. Former NBA official who got nailed in an FBI sting for uh, influencing the spread of games when he worked in the, in the NBA. NFL does not want that to happen. Don't so, blame him. So Blandino says it's created more scrutiny. And then he was asked by the host if Blandino had ever heard of an NFL official being approached by somebody trying to impact a score, stat line, or anything like that in a game. And Blandino revealed that we've had situations where people were approached. We've always told our game officials because they're in hotels, they're traveling around during the season, we don't want them wearing NFL-branded gear. We don't want them to be inconspicuous because someone... We didn't want them to be inconspicuous because someone sees them and says, oh, those are NFL officials, and then you never know. You don't know who you're going to come across, and they know that they're supposed to go to NFL security if something like that happens, and that has happened in the past. They're not allowed to go. If they have to go, uh, they're not allowed to go. If they have to go to their casino, maybe in their other job, there's a speaking engagement. If it's at a casino, they can't go in the sports book. They have to let the NFL know they're going to be in Las Vegas for this event, and they're going to be staying at wherever. There are a lot of controls in place. And Blandino had 
one admission of the past and the ever-evolving nature of gambling uh, that the league's revealing that makes it pretty clear that uh, the NFL's concerned about this. They have legitimate concerns about NFL officials being influenced by whoever to change the outcome of the game, change the spread of a game. And, and so I, I don't think it's any surprise that officials have been approached in the past. And it does, but, that, but then again, here's where I get back to having more of a sky judge approach than what the NFL has right now. Having another member of the crew to make sure that you're that you're getting the calls right. Absolutely. And so you're not receiving this kind of scrutiny from from everybody because of, of legalized gambling. Absolutely. And it sounds to me, if that's all true about just at least that part of the process, it sounds like the NFL does a really good job of doing their due diligence when it comes to making sure officials are not being influenced by somebody, that they're, that they're being paid off or whatever. It sounds like they've, they've got, I mean, and there's ways of circumventing some of these things, I'm sure. Right. When it comes to offshore bank accounts, things like that. But I think it'd be very tough for somebody to get away with it. For sure. But once again, anytime there's a, like there's a no call, like in the Packers Chiefs game, at the end of the game where there was the, the pass, inter- should have been pass interference, and there was a no call that's going to immediately, and even things that actually were, he should have thrown a flag. For example, Kadarius Tony and being off sides. Mm-hmm. That still brings up, oh, what, what's going on there? What's going on with that? Trying to influence the game? Trying to influence the spread? Mm-hmm. So, all right, who do we have on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line? Josh wants to weigh in on this uh, referee discussion. Okay, Josh, got about a minute here. Go ahead. Yeah, I would just wanted to chime in on the... Uh... Oh, I was living in uh, Boulder and I was part of a Rotary Club, and we had an official with NCAA speak at our Rotary Club, and I was tasked with introducing him to our club, and it was the week of the uh, CU-Nebraska game, and they were obviously really big rivals, and uh, I just made the joke, not even really thinking that it would be a not appropriate joke. I said, hey, I'll I'll slip you a 20 after the... the, uh, after the meeting and he he actually responded very sharply and very curtly and said absolutely not and he was visibly upset that i would even joke about that so i, I learned my lesson very quickly to uh <laughs> to not joke about that kind of stuff with him so. absolutely I, I appreciate you sharing the story and yeah i think uh yeah, yeah we, we probably all made comments like that at one point josh i went oh I, guess hey, I, yeah. I shouldn't have said that have a merry christmas josh appreciate you calling in today Hey, you, you as well. Take care, guys. Take care. Right. Josh, do not offer the man a 20. To be fair. Not, I, e- not even in jest. To, to be fair, I think that ref might have had a little bit of a stick. Well, still, you, you got to make it very clear to people. So anyway, we'll take a break. We'll come back.